Good morning. I just want to let everyone know that later this week I'll be out of town Thursday through Sunday. But if you are in need of any pastoral care, please contact uh, uh, Bob Schmidt and he'll be able to help you out. The Old Testament reading for this, the ninth Sunday after Pentecost, is from the 15th chapter of Genesis. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith 
not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom. And these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is... There will your heart be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you seen the news lately about the wildfires out west? It's been pretty terrible. The fires out west literally ate up everything in their path. Imagine there's a man who goes back to his home after the fires went through. Nothing is left. When he finds his house, there's just a skeleton of a house with a brick wall here and a brick wall over there. Nothing's left of this house that he treasured so much. And this man just moans out loud, I've lost everything. As he tiptoes through all the broken glass, he can't even find any pictures left of his family. The pictures that used to hang on the wall are gone. 
There's no use of looking for family pictures in an album or on his computer. All those treasured memories are just burned away. The man gets so angry, he just shouts out, I've lost everything. And when he's done looking at the remains of his house, he heads over to the side of the house. He's very nervous walking around the side of his house because on the side of the house, in the garage, is where he kept his greatest treasure. He used to wash his sports car so carefully You would think he was bathing a newborn infant. But as soon as he turns the corner, he sees that part of the garage roof had collapsed in the fire. The roof had crushed the car flat with the front wheels kind of split apart. And the rest of the car was burned up to a blackened crisp. For this man, losing his treasured car was the last straw. He threw his arms up in the air, cussed at the top of his lungs, and then screamed, I've lost everything. Those fires out west truly are terrible. And then have you seen the news lately about the flooding down south in Kentucky? That's been pretty terrible too. Kentucky got hit with an awful flood. Homes were destroyed. Lives were lost. Imagine there's an elderly woman who's finally allowed to go back into her neighborhood after the waters go down. And she knows what to expect. And she's ready. This woman is wearing rubber boots on her feet, yellow rubber gloves on her hands. And her hair is pulled back and covered with a bandana. She is ready to clean up whatever this flood did to her home. But as soon as that woman's feet hit the muddy ground, something interesting started flowing out of her mouth. Uh, She wasn't cussing or yelling. She was humming. But not just humming anything. She was humming Amazing grace to herself. Even though her neighborhood is covered in mud and fallen trees and broken homes, she just keeps humming amazing grace. When she finally makes it to her yard, uh, this woman has to do a bit of a double take. She can see the front steps to her house Steps she walked up a million times. But the four or five concrete steps just kind of stop in midair. The stairs are there, but her house is gone. This woman looks around a bit, and then she sees it. Her house is about 75 feet away kind of leaning on its side, and the flood twisted it so badly, it's almost torn in two. And then the woman says something interesting. Good thing my treasure wasn't kept in that house. I have a home in heaven. 
And without skipping a beat, the woman starts marching in her rubber boots towards what's left of her home. And she's humming Amazing Grace all the way. When she gets to her house, she can already tell everything is gone. Her furniture, her table, her favorite chair, everything was swept out of her house And it was all replaced with a mountain of mud mixed with all kinds of garbage. She was really hoping some things would be left. Pictures on the wall of her husband she was married to for over 50 years. Or maybe her favorite photo album that had pictures of her children taking their first steps. But it's all gone. It makes her sad to lose all those mementos. But then she says, It's a good thing my treasure wasn't kept in a photo album. I have a reunion coming in heaven one day, and that will be so much better. And without skipping a beat, she keeps humming Amazing Grace as she starts tugging at all the garbage in her house. But then the woman suddenly stops. She realizes she's missing something else. Her car. Where's her car? So she looks to the left, no car. She looks to the right, no car. And then she looks up. And there it is. Her car is 20 feet off the ground, wrapped inside a tree. And she says, Good thing my treasure wasn't kept in that car. Jesus has sent me on that road to eternal life, and no flood can take that away from me. And with that, the woman just goes back to humming Amazing Grace. We don't need a fire to think about these things, where our treasures lie. But sometimes it takes a fire to think about these kinds of things. We don't need to be in a flood to think about what we treasure in life. But sadly, sometimes it does take something terrible like a flood for us to pause And think about these things. For the people suffering out west through wildfires, they've had everything burned away from them in what may feel like a mini judgment day. But afterward, they have to wrestle with the question where do my treasures truly lie? And the same goes for us. If everything around you was burned up, and I mean everything, what treasures would remain even after everything else is burned away? For the people in those floods, they'd have everything swept away from them in what may feel like a mini day of judgment almost. But afterward... They're going to wrestle with a question. If every worldly treasure I own is swept away, are there treasures I would still 
have? Where do my treasures truly lie? And the same goes for us. When everything around you is swept away, what will remain? Today, Jesus said this to us. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. All of us, have a life in Christ that can never be taken away from us. A forest fire can't burn your life in Christ away from you. You have an eternal treasure. A raging flood does not have the power to sweep your life in Christ away from you. You have an eternal treasure. So how would you be if you lost everything in a wildfire? I have no doubt that would be absolutely shocking and all of us would have our moments. But when the smoke clears, would you still be moaning that you lost everything, all your treasures? Is that how you would act? Or I hope you would pause to remember what Jesus said today. That in Christ you have been given a treasure of eternal life. That a thief can't steal. A moth can't chew it up. A treasure that can't rust. A treasure that can't be burned up even in a forest fire. How would you be if you lost everything in a flood? I have no doubt that would be a shock to our systems. And we would be sad to lose a house, to lose beloved possessions like pictures going back 50 years. That's understandable. But the question is this. Is all that stuff truly your greatest treasure? Don't you have a treasure in Christ? That will last forever, even outlast a flood that sweeps everything else away. Jesus Christ has done something so amazing for you. By dying on the cross in your place, he has taken away every single one of your sins. Every single one. That is a very special treasure, isn't it? And when Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday, he did not just do that for himself. Jesus rose from the dead for you. Eternal life really is yours because of Christ. And to prove this treasure really is yours. Jesus will actually give it to you today. Very soon at our altar, Christ's own blood will touch your lips.
the sacrifice that one eternal life for you will be poured into you. And very soon, Christ's own body will be placed into your hands. The same sacrifice that one eternal life for you will be given to you. Eternal life, your greatest treasure, is all yours through Christ. And that is a treasure that will truly last forever. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.